Hello and welcome back to episode 9 of the Kawi podcast. Unfortunately, this one is only audio, but next week we'll be back with the video. Connor's starting us off with motorsport. Yeah, last weekend there was the F1 Grand Prix in Japan at Suzuka. Um, Saturday running was postponed due to Typhoon Hagibis causing a mess, causing rain, wind and just generally unsafe conditions for race cars around the track. So most of the Roman was done on Friday with FP1 and FP2 and qualifying being moved to Sunday. However, if qualifying wasn't able to run on Sunday due to the track being prepared for the race, they was going to put the FP2 results as the qualifying results. Yeah. So luckily they did uh, qualifying. Not a lot happened really, just your average qualifying, other than Robert Kubica and Kevin Magnussen just having a bit of a shunt, but both cars being repaired and out for the uh, race later on in the afternoon. Uh, another Ferrari pole position, but this time coming from uh, Sebastian Vettel, putting a stunner lap, which was a new track record at Suzuka. Yeah. So looks like Ferrari on Ferrari fire. Ferrari are literally on a madness. In qualifying. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the race. We'll mm. get to the race. Um, yeah. So Vettel was on pole, and then uh, it goes to the race later on in the afternoon, and he sort of messed it up. He uh, the, the lights go five red lights. But before they go out, Vettel jumps. He leaves the start line. But because he, he only left a couple centimetres, the the sensor on the start line didn't go off. So it didn't count it as a full start. So he didn't get a penalty for it. Even though they investigated it, then they said no. Then I think they reopened it and said no again. So I don't quite know what the students are thinking with that one. But he, if you watch the video, it was a blatant jump start from Vettel. Yeah. He moved. He get, it didn't gain an advantage as such, but he still moved. Yeah. That's it still counts they as were a getting their decision from is if it was like, if a big enough of an advantage was made, then it's worth punishing. Yeah. Oh, probably. But still, he got he thought he did a full start. He moved from his original starting position. So I, I thought he should have got a penalty at least. Yeah, I suppose black and white, did he jump the start? Yes. yes yeah. Mm. And what is a jump start? It is a penalty. So, And then uh, that didn't end for Ferrari, all their troubles. Uh, going into turn one, Max Verstappen gets a beautiful start. He's going around the outside of the Mercedes. Uh, Leclerc had an upset start due to watching Vettel and uh, his full start, which put him off his routine. But going into turn one, Leclerc's on the inside. Vettel's, uh, Max Verstappen's on the outside. And due to the way the cars are set up, uh, a trailing car loses 50% of its downforce. So he's uh, understeered and driven straight into the side of Max Verstappen, taking Max Verstappen out of the race and causing himself significant damage. He ended up losing his end plate, but it was hanging off for some a couple of laps after. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, dangerous. Um, as they're coming out of 130R down into the chicane before the first straight, comes off and takes off uh, Lewis Hamilton's, uh, I think it was right wing mirror. So he didn't have one mir- wing mirror for the entirety of the race. Wasn't it Leclerc that had like a missing mirror as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was um, holding it on with one hand. He was holding it on and then went yeah, through one we'll, foot. We'll on get to that. Hang yeah. on. You're jumping the gun here, man. Come <laughs> on. So many wind mirrors Slow fell down. off this race. Even off. <laughs> so everything happened in this race. Yeah, and uh, after that, Max Verstappen um, retires due to uh, extensive damage. Uh, I, I saw a picture of his car after that. Most of the side pod and most of the under tray of the floor just. Gone. Completely gone. The, where the wheel went in, it just sort of took a chunk straight out of it. <laughs> now he was just a red ull, not a red bull. Took the beast <laughs> straight out. <laughs> a red ull. A red ull. And then um, that's when uh, Leclerc started his uh, charge through the field due to uh, having to pit for a new front wing because he lost his end plate. 
Then after that, um, we had Albin and Norris having a bit of a coming together, going into the final chicane. Albin, uh, Norris has taken the racing line. Albin's just pulled a Kvyat, come from about dive 100 metres back, and he's dive-bombed him. He hasn't even tried to make the corner. He's just taken him straight out, causing um, Norris to use a bit of the runoff area and just carry on going, and uh, Albin just went past. I don't think he got a penalty for it. He just got away with it. But don't worry, Norris mm. got his own back in the... Uh, post-race interviews and everything. We're in Park Ferme. Uh, yeah. Albon's doing an interview with, I don't know which news company, but um, Norris comes up and he's having a chat with him because their mates were just laughing and joking about it. He's like, you messed me up. I was, I was, I was going to pit that time. And he, they both start laughing. As Norris goes to walk away, just shoulder barges him straight over. Oh. So uh, he did get his own back on that. Good on him, yeah. But as we'll come to uh, now, you guys were saying earlier, Charles Leclerc. He also lost a wing mirror. I think some of the debris uh, hit one of his mirrors, um, caused it to loosen up, and then the vibrations of travel around the track just caused the actual mirror itself to fall out. So Charles Leclerc is holding onto his mirror, one-handed, going through 130R, one of the fastest parts of the track, which is just crazy. Yeah. brave. It is very <laughs> brave. He was very... I can't believe he didn't lose control of the car considering he was one-handed through the fastest section of the circuit. But it was just a great sight to see. You just see him with his right hand, not even his left hand, where the <laughs> wing mirror fell off. He's just put his right hand over and gone to grab the uh, mirror and just hold it into place. And you're like, The fact that you okay. can even steer the car with one hand, let alone hold oh, the It was crazy. It was a great sight to see. Uh, and then we had a bit of a lull. Um, all the leaders were just overtaking each other during the pit stops because most people were doing a two-stop race or a three-stop race because no one really had good information on tyre degradation or tyre wear. So Bottas, uh, Vettel and Hamilton just kept trading the lead every now and then whenever the next one would pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, Bottas, come out, Bottas came out on top because he had uh, more gap to everyone else. Uh, and uh, on the final lap of the race, or what was meant to be the final lap of the race, going into Turn 1, we had a little shunt between uh, Sergio Perez and Pierre Gasly. Pierre, uh, Sergio Perez has gone around the outside of Gasly. He's kept his foot in, so has Gasly, and... Um, they just ended up having to come together and uh, Perez ended up in the wall in turn one. On the, well, last lap. What was in meant to be the, uh, yeah. yeah, what was meant to be the last lap. But uh, we'll get to that now, actually. What happened was with this last lap and Perez actually scoring points when he got taken out and didn't finish, mm-hmm. an occurrence or a problem happened with the checker flag. It came out on lap 52 and not lap 53. So... Instead of like everyone going around and they went around again and just did the extra lap to finish 53 laps, yeah. but the stewards, they saw fit to take the uh, results from lap 52. Yeah. So on lap 52, it went across the line as Perez ninth, uh, Gasly 8th. So as he's gone to go around him in turn one, he's got taken out, but that was effectively after the race. Yeah, the technically, the te- way that they timed it. The way that they took the times and the results... He was he finished the race, so him being taken out was a minor inconvenience, but he finished. Yeah. Uh, then after that, um, Bottas won and gets McLe- McLe- McLaren, Mercedes, mm-hmm. their sixth constructors' title in a row, which is a world record now. Is it? I didn't know it's, that. Yeah, it's yeah. world record. No one's done it consecutively like, on the trot. Yeah. Then um, Albon finishes fourth, his best finish ever, and I'll just start like to point out a fact. I saw a graphic earlier on Instagram yeah. of his previous results. It goes 6th, 6th, 5th, 
Japan fourth. Is he going to get a podium next race? Ooh. I don't know. Mexico is they were uh, Red Bull were great last time. I mean Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo had great result at uh, Mexico last time. So and don't get me wrong, those are good results. But when you add in Albon's situation this season, first season in F one, into a Red Bull in his first season, he's doing great. Mm. And then uh, everyone's favourite smooth operator, Carlos Sainz, mm. coming home in fifth. Keeping uh, Leclerc man. at bay, but not being able to catch uh, Albon. Promotes him to sixth in the driver's standings. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But I saw an interesting fact about that as well. No driver from any of the other teams, not that, not Red Bull, Mercedes or uh, Ferrari, have finished in the top six in the like the turbo hybrid era, really. So if, if uh, Science holds on, because of the whole Gasly out... Yeah, I was going to say, is that from the Red that, Bull? That's yeah. from the Red Bull uh, palaver. If um, Science holds on and keeps Albon at bay, he will finish sixth, and that'll be the first time for the past five years or so so like a that mid-tier. a midfield team yeah. has finished in the top six in the drivers' standings, which I think is quite good on him. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, and then we'll get to Renault. They had not the best start to the uh, weekend. They qualified eight. Uh, I think it was sixteenth and seventeenth. <sighs> So, uh, not you don't want to see that, do you? No. But then, uh, from great racing and great strategy from uh, Renault, Daniel Ricciardo finished sixth and Nico Hülkenberg finished tenth. A double points finished from 16th and 17th on the grid. Amazing. Which is a great feat by uh, Renault. But uh, then to cut that short, after the race, racing point, they have now lodged a complaint in against Renault. Oh, yeah, Renault. I saw that. Yeah. I didn't know too much about it, but I've, after doing a little bit of research, apparently. What um, Racing Point have said that, well, let me get into this. Let me start from the beginning. From this. Yeah. During the race, a driver is allowed to adjust their brake bias manually with controls on the um, steering wheel. Yeah. What Renault have done, they've made it electronically controlled. And what I think they've also done is they put pre settings into it. So oh, so it, throughout it, the it race. It updates itself through the corners for what you think what it thinks you need instead of the manual obviously I think you can overload that manually for what you actually think you yeah. need but it was set like presets so for 130R it might be this brake bias or going into Degna 1 Degna 2 yeah. is this brake bias setting apparently that's not allowed you're only allowed the man- manual um, like changing yeah. so Racing Point have lodged the complaint in against for, um, against and Renault, Renault. And uh, yeah, so they're waiting we'll to see how back. that goes. Because apparently they've been running this system on their car for most of the season. So oh. if they lose this appeal or lose this uh, case, most of their constructors' championship points will be taken away from them. Why is it a problem now, though? Like, why are they finding it, a problem with it now? I think it's the first time any of them have really seen it or something. Or maybe like they've that. been making this case for them, but now is the only time that they've. I don't know quite why it's come out now or what reason it is, but I'm, that's all I know, and that's roughly what how yeah. I've understood what mm. the issue is. It seems like a seems like a thing runner would do, though they're known for being bending. bending yeah. I mean, Nelson Piquet Jr. and Singapore, anyone? Crashgate? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, that's, that's sort of their deal. That's a thing. Yeah. But other than that, that's all that really happened to Suzuki. It was quite an eventful race to watch. I watched it live. Yeah. But... Roll on Mexico. Wake up early. Yeah, I woke up at 6 o'clock, watched the race. <laughs> no, but roll on uh, Mexico, which is the uh, 
next Grand Prix, I think, in two weekends' time. Suddenly, Renault start performing really badly. Yeah. Like, mm, have you changed something? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely changed something from last time. <sighs> but, Jack, if you want to take us into some new cars you found. Yes, yeah, so... There's something in common with all of these cars. Take a guess. They're all SUVs. Uh, they're all they're electric. All electric or hybrid. <laughs> yep. Because everything is nowadays, because no one wants to build a petrol car, because apparently that's bad. Oh, it's bad for the environment, Connor. How could you ever? Climate change doesn't exist. No, I'm going to put that out there. No, I don't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> joking before anyone Trust comes. Trust me, I don't believe that. I don't, before anyone comes at me, please don't. Okay? So, starting off, we have the Seat. Elborn. I don't so, like it. Because <laughs> this is audio only, we'll try and describe the looks. I would say it has like a te- Tesla Model 3 front, but the rest of it just has like a Ford B-Max. Looks yeah. like Humpty Dumpty before he fell off the wall. <laughs> so the Elborn concept, so the concept that they showed off featured a 62 kilowatt battery with an electric motor, which makes 201 brake horsepower. Seat claim it will achieve 0 to 60 in 7.5 seconds and says with a supercharger charging, you're looking at about 80% battery in 47 minutes. Although, max battery only gets you 261 miles. And as Seat is a part of the VW group, I don't know if you've seen, there's the VW ID. I know there's a lot of adverts about it going around and they kind of built these two together. So they share a lot of features. Is it um, basically identical under the hood and like suspension and chassis wise? I think like, it's mainly exterior. just technology wise. I yeah. think they are different when it comes to the the whole actual building of the I'm car. I'm never going to like obviously it's a thing with making concept cars and whatever. But where has all the sudden appeal of mixing turbo fans and five point alloys come from? Like they <laughs> work separately. <laughs> But not to get. Yeah. I don't quite know. It's just Who sort of say it's like, let's get some turbo fans on this family yeah. SUV. <laughs> no, but going back to your point about uh, Volkswagen and Seat, have you seen um, on older, I think it's Seat or Vauxhalls or something like that, You on the engine, obviously, you've got the sticker for the brand of car you've yeah. got. So if you've got a Seat, you've got your Seat badge. But apparently, what I've seen videos people do. Uh, you get a screwdriver behind the badge. You flick it up because it's only glued down. And yeah. underneath is pressed into the head of the engine a Volkswagen badge. <laughs> I think I saw that with a Skoda as well, where, yeah, yeah, they just lift it up and it's just the VW engine. Yeah, because no one could be bothered to either ground it off the block or the uh, head. They just stuck their badge straight over it. And it's just funny to watch and see them, like, peel off. Just cheaping out. Oh, I have a Volkswagen in my car. Little did I know. Little did I know. So some of the features we do know, uh, which is kind of limited, there's not really much out there at the minute, is it'll have a digital instrument panel, a 10-inch touchscreen, two-stage autonomy, which means it can steer, it can accelerate and decelerate. And it also has a large central bag compartment where the transmission of a petrol car would go, which to me doesn't really make sense because if this was an electric car built onto a petrol car's chassis and body there would be a gap where the transmission would have been. So fair enough, you make a bad compartment in that. But when you build an electric car from the ground up, why would you build in that space if it's not going to get filled just to turn it into a bad compartment? I don't Do know. you get what I'm saying? Like, But how weird is it going to be just to have a massive bag compartment in the, in middle? the middle of the car? But like, why would you... 
deliberately put a space where there would be a transmission to go, oh, there's no transmission, so let's turn it into a I think a that's bag why, car. though, because they want to try and be like, oh, yeah, because this car's electric. We don't have to have a transmission, so we can put a bag here. I think that's the only mm. reason they sort of done it. But it makes no sense, and it's just a stupid just a thing to do. Space. It is a waste of space. So looks-wise, the front looks... The back, I think, looks alright. The all back right. looks alright. It's front, quite aggressive. It sort of looks flat at the front. The interior is just kind of like just it looks like standard. someone's already crashed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that moves us on to the next car, which is the Peugeot Five Hundred Eight Sport Engineered Concept. So this has quite an interesting hybrid system. In yeah, no, it's a bit long-winded. So the latest concept is powered by a one hundred ninety-seven brake horsepower, one point six liter four-cylinder turbocharged pure tech petrol engine uh, and then that is supported by two electric motors a 107 brake horsepower unit for the front axle and a 200 brake horsepower motor for the rear axle so the combined total power output is 500 brake horsepower but because the actual power sources of the car can't deliver their like peak outputs all at the same time they expect the real world maximum to be about 400 However, the story doesn't actually end there because it'll arrive by the end of 2020 and we'll keep that powertrain. This is the actual one, but it will the power output will be toned down. And this is a quote. It'll be toned down to a combined figure of around 350 brake horsepower, according, and that's according to Peugeot's head of brand strategy of concept cars. All I'm getting there is... They don't know what the hell they're building. They don't know what the yeah. hell it's even going to yeah, do. It's just sort of. We built a, a car bit of that has mess. 500 brake horsepower, but it can't do 500. So we're going to say it can do about 400. But, but then we can't have it at 400. So, so let's you're going to have it at 300. 300. Yeah. So what can it do? Can it do 500 or can it do 350? Make your bloody minds They've up. They've made a sports car, given it a lot of power, and just sucked all the power back out of it. <laughs> <laughs> They've literally just done this. It's like, oh yeah, have all the power. Oh, actually, no, can we have that bit back, please? Let's take some back. So 0-60 in 4.3 seconds, which is kind of becoming the norm with these electric cars were they that quick and they off the acceleration yeah. it's, it's just especially when it's it got that four-wheel drive hybrid system yeah it's just the instancy of the electric to the motors it can just do that straight away but again the front i'm not the biggest fan of the back is decent do you know what it reminds the me of the back of nice. a skoda octave of vrs yeah if you see what i mean it doesn't look bad but it just looks your average for like that town car yeah mm. I think the interior is quite nice. Interior? Is that sort of like a double dash, the way they've stacked it up? Yeah. For audio listeners, they've got behind the steering wheel. I don't know quite what's going to go there. There's just a heads-up display and then one next to it in the centre console in the middle. And then above the screen you've got behind your steering wheel, you've you've got another layer of dashboard with your actual dials on it for yeah. your speed, your revs, and everything else. It's like a Fiat multiplier of dashboards. Mm. I don't quite... It's like they got the uh, like Times 2 card out of Uno and just slapped it on yeah. the dash. <laughs> Let's have another one. Just Times 2, please. So next, we have the Ford Mac. We have lights on the screen. That's all we can see. Yes. <laughs> so this is the first picture that Ford actually released of it. So Ford has revealed that it has an up-and-coming Mustang-based electric SUV. How many Americans are very unhappy? <laughs> <laughs> Mustang and SUV and electric 
isn't really a sentence that makes sense to me. <laughs> We've got a Mustang SUV electric thing. Do you reckon okay. they were like, how can we make people buy an SUV? Oh, let's just slap a Mustang front and back it's on it. It's going to have like a Cobra badge on the front and then just electric motors everywhere way around and then it's going to be an SUV. Yeah, so stats-wise, 370 miles of range on a single charge and it is expected to be called the mach uh, and they're going to release it the later this year. No, like, <laughs> oh, how do you say it? I'm not American. You know, like the... The you know there's the it old Mustang. If it was called Mackies. the Mustang like Mac one or whatever. Mark? I don't. Yeah, but it's not. It's like M A C H. Oh, oh Mac one. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Than yeah, 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 yeah. I know. All the American people are cringing. We're sorry. <laughs> We're well, sorry that you like your fast food as well. Well, mm. actually, if they spoke English the right way, we wouldn't have this confusing issue. Use the language that we gave you properly. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. There go the American audience. <laughs> what American audience is fine. Don't worry about it. So everything is quite tight-lipped around this new car, but some specs have been chucked out. It's expected to do a sub four-second 0 to 60, and it's also expected to be able to charge 80% in half an hour. So what you're telling me is like every other electric car, really fast, but then also has a like charging time of nearly an hour. Yeah. But so basically, right, not worth it. Still... <laughs> not yes, not worth it. At well, all. and it will probably cost so much, won't it? This car just reminds me of confused screaming. It doesn't yeah. know what it wants to be. Is it an electric car? Is it an SUV? Is a Mustang? Yeah. Make your mind up. Well, it's just... described by Ford as a global all-electric Mustang-inspired performance utility. Confused screaming, confused screaming, confused yeah. screaming. Although they did trademark the Mac E and Mac hyphen E, so that's why we presume putting two and two together, this is going to be called the Mac E. Uh, but we only have one official photo from Ford, which uh, I wish we could show on the uh, on the video. Actually, uh, well, yeah, no, we'll show it on the video. But um, for audio listeners, it's literally just a picture of the back with two lights. But um, it does have the original Mustang backlights. And then these are some renders that other other ones have done. So It literally just looks like a... Mu what's SUV about that? It just looks like... Okay, that looks like an SUV. Okay, I'll shut up now. It's, no, it's, like, it's just like a C-Max, but with a Mustang front with the big open grille and the back with the... That, that kind of back does with the Does that remind you of a Nissan headlights. Juke? It does yes. a bit, yeah. And it's got the like the diffuser and the yeah. dual exhausts from there. Yeah, I don't think I'd like that if they made it like that. If it was like more Mustang inside and had like bigger f like bonnet, like sort of like that, I'd take that. Yeah. I don't know what. Don't know what that, looks bit, on, that, that looks a bit. That looks a bit like, like a Jaguar. Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> like the what is it? The F Pace. Mm. But I mean, time will tell. It's expected to be released at the end of 2019 and be in production, so you can buy one 2020 if that's what you're into. A Do Mustang it looks like electric that, SUV. It doesn't look too bad. I know all the uh, slating we've done, but... I just... I don't know. But still, a Mustang SUV electric vehicle... I don't just, know if it goes together. None of it makes sense, does it? No. I mean, who knows what... They're probably just trying to break into the electric market, and they're like, the Mustang is something that we know everyone loves, so just slap the is, front of it on. It will never work, because everyone knows a Mustang as an American V8 muscle car. It will never work if you try and breach like an Amer like a European electric market, will it? Yeah, yeah. You just can't mix the two. It's not gonna work. Mm. But that's it for the free new electric cars. Great. <laughs> now for some car debate on some cars that 
to me are very exciting because all of them are cars that I like very much. I was going to say, I'm apart from one of them, but I'm a big fan of... No! <laughs> no. This is already going to be very biased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll let you figure out, as the uh, car debate goes on, which one I dislike immensely. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm Don't coming in with the... <laughs> well, these are 2019 hot hatchbacks. Thank you. Can I start now? <laughs> I was just, I'm just setting the scene. <laughs> right. Anyone else interrupt? Cool. Let's go. The Civic's better. <laughs> I will get up and leave right now. That lawnmower is Good not luck. better at all. We're stuck in the corner of a shed. <laughs> I will break it. A studio, not a shed. <laughs> right. Back on track. I've got the 2019 Mercedes A35 AMG. Uh, putting out 306 brake horsepower, 295 pounds feet of torque, with a top speed of 155 German car. So, um, four wheel drive, but you can switch to front, just front wheel or all your four wheel drive. You can't actually switch to just rear wheel drive. All this is coming from a two liter four cylinder turbocharged uh, car yeah. with a seven speed dual clutch transmission to accommodate for four wheel drive or the two wheel drive. There's a 0 to 60 in 4.7 seconds. And if you're looking to buy one of these, it's probably about £35,000. Yeah. So, still Mercedes high pricing, but you're getting an A35 AMG and it looks amazing. And the stats on the car are on top. Um, some bells and whistles on it. It's got aerodynamic side skirts, front and rear bumpers, and a rear wing and diffuser. Uh, upgraded brakes just on the standard package. Uh, five selections of driving, driving mode, which includes slippery mode, so you can do a little bit of drifting. And then, obviously, your comfort, comfort plus, sport, sport plus, and everything like that. Keyless ignition, two-zone climate control, a seven-inch t- seven inch touchscreen heads-up display. And instead of rubber bushes and rubber ball joints in the suspension, yeah. it, it makes uh, use of uniballs to improve uh, suspension performance. So it's more solid, more rigid, and will just improve power distribution and uh, weight Laying distribution down, across yeah. the across all the axles. Oh, fancy. So coming in with the uh, A-class. I mean, look at them seats as well. Them ra- they racing seats as well. Come on. Same as every other AMG. Okay, bugger off. But they are very nice. I'm not going to dispute that. I so think they look amazing. Jack, what do you got? I have the Volkswagen Golf R-Line 2019. This is, uh, I think, a car we're all quite familiar with. So starting specs-wise, the Golf R has VW's four-cylinder, two-liter TSI engine, produces 288 brake horsepower and 280 pounds of torque. Not 60-wise, VW say under five seconds, but after a bit of digging, found out it's 4.5 seconds. Really? Surprising when it, like comparing it to the Mercedes. And there's a top speed of 153. So I presume it's just German Limited, isn't it? And I although imagine so, those why are, I wouldn't say 155, I don't know. Uh, and although those are great numbers, the technology-wise, the Golf is actually on point. Yeah. So the Golf R has four motion, which is adaptive four-wheel drive, which means it can deliver its torque through all four wheels for like a great launch bit and handling. But also it can convert it to rear-wheel power if that's what's Is that while you're driving or do you have to be stationary? Uh, you can change it on the heads-up display in the middle. There's driving different driving modes. But it's also, you can, one of the modes is that it is adaptive as you're driving. So it'll distribute it based on like what corners you're taking, the road surface, all in one. What if you've got a really annoying passenger who just switches it to rear-wheel drive when you're on a hairpin? <laughs> Sounds like a fun passenger. <laughs> just switch it to one-wheel drive. 
<laughs> just completely spin around like oh okay yeah so uh it also has a seven speed dsg gearbox which you can control with the flappy paddles on the wheel and it has a dcc adaptive chassis control for even more incredible handling bells and whistles wise everything you'd expect digital cockpit eight inch touchscreen as well as led headlights front adaptive lighting dual exhaust with quad tips 19 inch machined alloys amazing sports seats with the r logo carbon accents all around uh, adaptive cruise control and a cheeky rear view camera that comes out the badge at the back nice I am digging it. Highly. I am a fan of the Golf R, but looking at the pictures, does it not remind you of a Mark V Golf GTI, like the older ones, like the 2005 ones that we done earlier on in the podcast? Say, so I think it was the first podcast I did it in. Yes, yeah, VW Golf. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but you know how the newer ones they've adopted a new shape. Yeah. This one looks like it's gone back into the Mark V version of the GTI. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but I like it. I think it's a timeless look. This is just like. All the lines are a lot sleeker. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Well. I, I like golf bars, so I'm a big fan it's of It's a solid one. shout. Now, Jared, the hot boy, is coming in with a hot boy car. No, it's a lawnmower. No, a hot boy car. Lawnmower. Yeah, I've got, I've, got the, um, I've got the 2019 Honda Civic Type R, which, uh, from where I was trying to find, find re- research in it, I must have ended up on a website that didn't have very much on it. But it's got all the important stuff that you need to know. With the fact that it's got a 2 litre turbo inline 4 that puts out 306, 306 brake horsepower, 294 foot pound of torque. Very similar to the Mercedes. That's what I was thinking. As you from say, a, from a, uh, it has a standard 6 speed manual. Ooh, I'm manual. surprised about that. Not semi-automatic with flappy paddles, but Driver it's Honda. They like having fun. Yeah. Uh, it is front-wheel drive, so even more fun out of that. Really? It means you can't turn the corner without putting so much uh, understeer. That's the fun of it. That's that's <laughs> what our hatchback's for. Yeah, there's a barrier coming up very quickly. Let me just turn and accelerate. Oh wait, why is it coming up quicker? Yeah, that very quickly would be done at 170 mile an hour top speed. Mm. He's not German, so he's not limited to 155, <laughs> is he? Um, weighs 1.4 tons. The interior, well, on the picture, you see bright suede. red seat. <laughs> it, it is what they call simulated suede. Oh, simulated see, suede. What that suede. means, I have Lovely. no clue. I want some. <laughs> <laughs> Give uh, me some simulated suede, please. Yeah, just as you would expect an LCD monitor and a navigation system. It's a lot more. Basic than the other ones, but more fun. But it's raw, isn't it? Yeah. It's just the raw driving. You can tell the difference between the, the Germans well. and the Japanese, like car manufacturing that way. They focus more on speed and driver convenience, driver, like, driver feel. The Japanese, whereas yeah. the Germans, Germans is driver efficiency, comfort, technology. And technology in the car. It's quite, it's quite interesting to see, especially with the side by side pictures of the cars as yeah. well. Mm. So, oh yeah, what was the price on everyone's? What was oh, yeah. mine was. Thirty-one thousand. Thirty-five thousand. Twenty-seven thousand four hundred sixty-four. A lot cheaper for a Honda Civic, but then you are getting Japanese metal, which is probably paper thin and <sighs> all rust, and then falling into holes. These ones are made in cars. Europe. These, yeah, they're probably made in Europe. I don't care. I'm gonna. It's a Honda. I'm going to slate it. I'm gonna go out there and say bang for your buck. Honda's one. Yeah. Yeah. For twenty-seven grand, manual, three hundred brake horsepower. 
Turbocharged. Connor doesn't look happy because he knows he's Yeah, you just don't like Hondas because he has something wrong with him. From an unbiased opinion, Connor, Mercedes, no. How don't is, care. From an unbiased opinion, Civic's best bang for the buck, isn't it? No, I'm mm. saying Mercedes, I don't care. Really? I'm, How much I'm, is a Mercedes? 35 grand. Yes. <laughs> How much brake horsepower you got? 306. <laughs> you can get the exact same power for bloody... Yeah, but then you've got to be Eight seen driving, uh, driving around a Honda Civic. You look like you're in a toy car. They, they look sick. The new no. facelift ones look oh, amazing. No, get it They're out. so aggressive. Oh, just... I hate them, honestly. And you get Civics, a manual. Man. I don't care. I'll even sacrifice that just having uh, flappy paddles. I do not like it at all. That's more fun. Okay, let's go for the vote. Say I if you think the Civic's best bang for a buck. Uh, yeah, okay, I know I'm going to lose. It's two to one. I'm never going <laughs> to win this. But I'm going to get my point across here. The car, I just do not like it. How can you not see? Yeah, but whether you like it or not, take that out of the picture and just focus on specs-wise. What is the best Okay, yeah, it's cheaper buck? and you get the same uh, horsepower. But you have to drive that thing. No, well, I don't happily see anything drive wrong that. with it. I hate that thing. It just looks like a toy. Doesn't look like this is yeah, but we're, we're not discussing luxury. This is a hot hatchback. Hot hatchbacks are toys. They're just for driving experience to throw around and look aggressive. Or you could buy like a Golf or a Mercedes, and you look semi decent having fun in your hot hatchback. Yeah, but there's so te- so much technology in the Mercedes. I like technology. I want raw though. driving power. I like technology, and I like the raw driving power. But that sounds like a Civic because it's got the best of both worlds. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Okay, so, okay, what's next then? You've what? won, okay, yeah, no. sure. <laughs> Bugger off. What, what, okay, the age old, what would you buy tomorrow? Civic. I don't, I think, oh, it'd be, t- I, as much, I do like the Civic, but if I had to buy one tomorrow, I think it would be b- between the Mercedes and the VW. Okay, you got to make a choice here. Go on, clock's sticky. You gotta make a choice. Which one are you buying tomorrow? Three, two, one. What are you Mercedes. buying? Mercedes. Yes. Oh. Two to one on this one, because you know what I'm gonna say. It's just AMG. The seats. I think it looks. It's everything about it's... the Mercedes. The exterior look of it. The interior look. The technology you get with it. I love the Golf. That is quite understated. Like you said, it looked a bit like the previous, but it's not on the outside. It doesn't look like anything special, but it does perform, and it oh, the yeah. interior is amazing. It's just a bit understated, and I, I like it. I just think it. if they maybe they made the outside, the exterior, just a bit more recognizable, just a bit more aggressive, yeah. then the Golf would probably have it. But the way they the way they've gone back to the Mark V, don't get me wrong, I like the way they looked, yeah. the Mark V looked, but in 2019 with all the other cars that we've seen like I'll put the Honda in this the way it looks with the um, rear wing and the uh, front of it it looks a bit more aggressive than the Golf does yeah but I think the AMG just has it has the like it's not too much aero that it looks tacky oh no it's not like some of the um, A45s you see when you've got all the aero on the front wing and everything like that I think it's just enough it is just enough I like it I would have that any day of the week. I do love the golf, though. I think road trip, I'd, I'd take the golf. If you're going to go on a long road trip, what are you having? Jared? I would still take the Civic. You're still taking the Civic. You'd take the golf. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Mercedes. I am flying through a Mercedes fanboy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get this out in the open. <sighs> Interior-wise, what's the best? I think the Mercedes is very huge. I, I, I feel like we've got another car debate where... It's like a full spectrum. The Mercedes is like technology, 
new it's the performance. And then you've got the Golf, which is like the in-between, a bit, a bit more, more driver raw driving, and yeah, but it's still technology. got some technology. And then the, there's the Civic, which is all about focus on the driving experience. You've got your and it has gearbox, some technology. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we've got another one where it's the full spectrum, isn't it? Yeah. So if we're all going on a road trip, you said you're taking the Civic. Okay, yeah. I'll take the Mercedes. I think, what are we going to say? What, the best one overall? Yeah, what are we saying for the best one overall? Uh, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say golf. It's just all around. It's I don't just... think we're ever going to agree on a Yeah, I don't think this was going to have a I don't think conclusion. we're ever going to agree on a, a car debate about hot hatchbacks. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we're all very strong. We're too passionate. <laughs> <laughs> but I do... What about best interior then? Sorry, we're, oh, we'll yeah, go best back interior, to that. So we'll, get, we'll get back on track. I think it's a Mercedes. I like all the futuristic and all the technology inside the Mercedes. And I don't... I, the red does stand out on the Honda, but it just... It sort of spoils it a bit, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I can agree that the interior of the Mercedes looks nice to be in, but I but I can also partially agree with you on the Civic interior. If there was a little less red, it would work a bit more like in the older Type R Civics, where it was like... More black than there red, was, but there it was more red touches. Yeah, there was red accents, but there was just... It was majority black. Well, I think if it didn't have the red, it wouldn't be a Japanese car standing out like that, though. True, it? true. It, it oh. does inherit the uh, also, Japanese style also of things. The bloody triple exhaust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice. I thought, really? Free? Is okay. it bad? The more I look at the Mercedes interior, the more I don't like it. Yes. Because I just, I don't thing. know. It just, it oh. looks like they've tried to get a C class interior and just squish it down. I like it, though. I like that interior. But the, on, at the same, th it's hard because. I think I'm going to have to go the Mercedes because the Honda, I love the manual transmission. I love the seats. The interior with the carbon is also good. The Polo is just a bit too basic for me. He's basic. Uh, Polo Golf, sorry. And the Golf, it just has like a normal Golf interior with a little bit of spiciness, but it's not enough to make it. It's a bit too bland, isn't it? But I think, I think, yeah, the Civic, when I look at it, it is mainly driver focused and they've just had mm. to add some technology to make it a bearable make it a bit car. more of a modern car nowadays so what are we thinking best car overall then we're never going to agree on yeah, this that's not going to be that, agreed that's not that's not going to happen i don't think we can even ask that question mm. no but i think that will do it for episode nine yeah it's <laughs> so unconclusive that's that's like that always unconclusive <laughs> what a surprise that is <laughs> no but uh thank you for listening and like we say um the uh, video will be back next week once we sort out all the technical issues. But uh, if you want to rate us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, it really helps everything. If you want to leave a comment of what you want to see next or what you think we can improve on, leave that. It really helps us out. Uh, and also subscribe if you're on uh, iTunes or any other platform. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Well, yeah, follow us on all the other platforms. Oh, yeah, sorry. Follow us on yeah. Twitter and Instagram at Carl Week Podcast. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. Bye. See ya.